Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So this is part two of our interview with Ryan Cooler. Um, if you haven't listened to the last episode, then you're going to definitely want to go back and listen to that episode before you listen to this episode. I want you guys to have a good feel for what we're talking about. That last episode was an hour long. This episode is going to be an hour long. And so you just want to go back and listen to the other one and get a full picture of what we're talking about here, because we're talking about uh, Ryan Cooler trying to get custody of his daughter back. His daughter is currently being forced by the courts to live with her abuser, with her pedophilic molester abuser and with her sociopathic mother. So we're not for that. We don't like that on this podcast. Um, But we're talking about an even bigger issue where the court system in America, when it comes to these abuse cases within the family, they, it seems like, it seems like from what we have already talked about with Ryan um, and from the other parents that he's talked to who are going through similar situations, it appears as though the court systems are trying to maximize their profits, drag out these court cases that they could solve quicker, and intentionally putting kids with their abusive parents, and then going back and taking the kids away from the the abusive parents and putting them into the foster care system, which, as we all know, is is sixty percent. I told you guys on the last episode, sixty percent of the kids that go into the foster care system end up being child sex trafficked. Is all of this connected somehow? My opinion is that probably. My opinion is that all of our government institutions are corrupted and overtaken by evil people. That is my personal opinion. But on this next hour long, uh, the next half of what we're going to be talking about with Ryan, we're just going to talk a little bit more about his particular case and um, some broader things. So again, go listen to the last episode if you haven't listened to that yet. It's very important for you guys to get the full picture of what we're talking about here. This is a very big, very sad and depressing topic. But again, I just, I feel like these are things that since nobody else is really talking about them, I have to talk about them on my podcast. And I don't mind upsetting evil people, even if they're powerful, because we have to get the truth out. The only way to correct course in our nation in anything, in anything, um, is to be honest about where we are with it. And I think that out of everything that we hold dear, children should be at the top of that list. And I keep saying it and it, it will always be true. Kids have to come first. We have to protect kids. We cannot just sweep these things that are happening to children under the rug. We have to stand up for them. And so we're going to be talking about that some more on this episode. that's a good point about sound of freedom. I mean, you know, I mean, there psyops exist. Psyops are real. Psyops are something that the government does all the time. And, you know, the court system, the government runs those, the government runs the foster care system. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe, I, maybe the government was working with, you know, these movie makers or whatever to, to make it to where, Oh, look at all of the child sex trafficking happening everywhere, but in America, I don't know. I liked the movie 
but I just, you know, you've got to be very cognizant of the fact that they are trying to veer people's attention away from, from certain things. And sometimes they'll, you know, do these things where it's like, Hey, we will talk about it, but not as it relates to like here, not as it relates to like what we're, what we have to do with it. So I don't know about, about sound of freedom, but I am shocked that, uh, just, I'm really shocked that more. And again, I'm not, I'm not really, but like, I feel like at least some of the uh, like medium sized, smaller news corporations should be talking about this, but I really, really, really have not heard anybody talking about this literally ever. And they're open cases and most news outlets won't talk about open cases unless it involves a politician or a celebrity or something. Yeah, I mean, that is true. They're like, how how noteworthy, how newsworthy is this really if it's if you're not like a celebrity or somebody that's going to pull us a whole bunch of views? Um, I think, well, that's, I mean, honestly, in my mind, in my PR and media marketing mind, I'm just like, that's stupid in and of itself for them to do because this would be such a big story if they would talk about it. They wouldn't even need a bunch of like celebrity names or, you know, politician names. Like they, they this would be a huge story if anybody talked about it. But like you just said, people are too afraid, I guess, to to talk about it. But it absolutely must be talked about. And I'm I'm shocked again. I, I want to go back to how, you know, you said you reached out to all of these, uh, you know, advocacy groups, like support groups and like the police even. And they didn't they didn't really do anything like that's crazy because, um, again, like in my mind, there's just a totem pole of importance when it comes to crimes. And I feel like pedophilia, molestation, um, anything that's happening to kids that is nefarious it is something that should be at the top of everybody's totem pole and i just find it very hard to believe that like the people that are pretending to be for these kids are are nowhere to be seen this is what i was told when i when i was threatening the police at one point don't call the police i was told this by an experienced parent who lost their kids in this process and they're all like why well because number one they won't follow up on it Number two, they'll ask the pedo, are you touching this child? No, I'm not touching her. Oh, fine. By, good for, okay, fine by me. Or they'll call, tell you to call Child Protective Services, which is in the bag anyway. Most of these Child Protective Service people aren't even trained properly on how to handle forensic interviews with kids about sexual trauma. So what you're doing is you're creating deniability in your own case. These, these cops will come to court and say, Your Honor, well, we... We reviewed the household, and it seemed clean, and it seemed nice, and it seemed, you know, pleasant. So there's no, there's no abuse. Well, now you have a third-party trusted, supposedly trusted agency telling a, a judge, well, we didn't see any abuse. Well, that's all the judge needs in her discretionary powers to say, well, well there's no abuse if the cops say there's no abuse. Yeah. There's no abuse if Child Protective Services says there's no abuse. So they're just not doing their due diligence. Like, they're not doing their due diligence at all. Absolutely not. There's so many cases where, where Child Protective Services change their reports, change their stories. My daughter has two different reports. There's the one that was the first original one. And then there was the one that the, that the opposing counsel edited and presented the court. And I saw both of them. And I'm sitting there to the judge screaming, going, there's two effing reports. And the judge is like, well, this one doesn't say anything about uh, sexual assault. So I guess we're moving on. I didn't accuse the son of a bitch of sexual assault. 
I accused them of grooming and molestation. Yeah. And what's crazy is there's no grooming or molestation categories in Illinois in the review process. There's not. If you call for molestation or grooming, it goes into sexual assault. And sexual assault is defined by penetration. So if there's no penetration of a child, they just pass it off as nothing ever happened. What? Yeah. That's very real. And that's that's around the country. First of all, that's outrageous and should not be happening in Illinois or any other state. I mean, there should be ways that you can hold these people accountable, even if they're not penetrating. Like, they are doing things that are dangerous and hazardous to these kids. We have to protect the freaking kids. Can you, uh, like, I, I know we've already talked about it some, but just in detail, I guess, whatever you're comfortable with, talk about what uh, your daughter's stepfather, abuser, pedophilic, molester guy has done to her. Well... I was I was a child of molestation. Um, a, 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 a high school coach molested us under the guise of physical therapy in, in in baseball and football, and we won our court case years later, and crushed a school district in Pennsylvania, Bishop McCourt High School. Was was uh, like over eighty kids were victims over like a ten year period. I was one of those kids. Um, and I learned through that process that molestation can be groping which has been proven in my case. It could be over-the-clothes groping. It could be inappropriate touching. It could be alienation of parents, which has all happened in my case. But the one that really shocked me and shook my to my core, the first one my little eight-year-old told me at the time was bathroom rules. We had gotten a new condo. We had moved into a new place. And my ex-wife, her house, and she comes home one day, and my, my daughter says, Dad, do, you, do we have bathroom rules at the new house? And I'm like, what are bathroom rules? And she goes, well, Chris comes into my bathroom when I'm peeing naked or showering all the time. And mom told me to lock the door behind me because he won't stop coming in my bathroom. Wow. That's molestation. It is molestation. Non-approved adult behind a closed door with a naked child is by law that molestation. Yeah. I'm really just flabbergasted that, you know, there's nothing that you can do like because they if it's not sexual assault and they're just looking at it like it's not anything at all. Like what is going like, how is that even okay? Like, I don't get how that's even possible that that is how the whole law system is set up with that. And these GALs around the country are manipulating these interviews are manipulating these these um, processes. Because they have pure immunity. How is that possible? It's designed that way. It definitely is looking that way. And in my mind, like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm like, how I'm thinking, how, you know, can you help the kids? Like hogs are turning, like, how can you help the kids? And it seems like if that is just like how the system is set up, the only way to really start helping the kids is to overturn the system. Like, you know, (laughs) well, I mean, if I had a magic wand, which I don't, or if I had power or tons of money, which sadly I don't, you don't attack the GALs. You attack the lawyer, the the judges, and you attack the governors. That's how you get this done because there's no fear in the system for fuck-ups. Excuse my language. It's okay. There's There's no repercussions for a judge to make a bad decision. It's what, six months or more of appeal? How many times can a kid get molested or raped in six months from a, from a live-in pedophile? Yeah. So these judges have no fear of us. They have no fear of parents at all. 
They have complete discretion. The appeal process is a joke. They have, and they, and they don't, there's no fear. They can't be removed. Most of these judges are assigned. Most of these judges used to practice either as a GAL or as a lawyer. So they know the system. They know their players. My judge assigned her team. My judge handpicked the GAL, child rep, child psych, and the custody evaluation person. She handpicked all of them. I had no appeal rights or argument rights about any of those assignments. She handpicked off of her Rolodex her team. Wow. It's happening in all of these cases. So your parental rights are just dead. They framed you and now you have no parental rights. You can't see your daughter. You can't do anything. Let me, let me put it this way. I was a tennis dad, tennis coach, soccer dad, Irish dancing dad, ski dad, Disney dad. I mean, my daughter and I saw each other 50-50 for the last decade, and we did everything together. We're sick as thieves. We are literally, like most dads and firstborn daughters, are extremely close. Just like most firstborn sons and moms are extremely close. If I can be removed with no evidence against me, proven framing from the court officials, proven doctored evidence from the school, and proven pedophilia and molestation from the opposing household, if I can be removed, any single parent in this entire country can be removed. Yeah. I'm a Boy Scout when it comes down to it. And I love my daughter more than I love myself. I would die for her tomorrow if I could guarantee her safety. Yeah. But if I can be removed, any mom listening, any dad listening, if they go into some custody evaluation process, domestic process, they could be removed with no evidence in this system. It terrify everybody. No, it should. It 100% should. It should terrify everybody. It can't happen to anybody. It looks like it's happened to a lot of other people besides you as it stands. You know, like I'm so mad that so many media companies are just not talking about this, not touching this. I don't even hear of like a, you know, podcast talking about this. I don't hear about anybody talking about this. I don't see it on social media. Um, you know, and I know we were talking about in the other part of this, you know, about how the parents are just beaten down emotionally. It's hard. They can't, you know, bring themselves to really fight. And they're probably just in this state of gas litness. Um, you know, they're just, they've been gaslit. They've been gaslit by the court system. And so they're just, they don't, they're confused. They don't even know what to do. They're like just trying to, you know, they're in survival mode. They're trying to get their kids back. They don't, I'm just really thankful that you have the strength to come on and talk about this. And, you know, it like, even with everything you're going through, like you, you are just <laughs> like, you're a very strong force and I'm thankful for for, for that and for you to be able to, you know, be a voice for these people and to be a voice for yourself and your, and your daughter and your situation. But, you know, there just needs to be like an organization. I know all of these parents are going through it, but just an organization of these parents who can come together, you know, hopefully they find the strength that you have found and just really push back and, and be loud about this because this story just has to get out. It is too important of a story to not get out. Most parents haven't because, and I'm going to say this out loud, the parents in my, in my town, okay, I, my daughter and I reside in Park Ridge, Illinois, which is a burb right outside the city. Park Ridge School District sued me to keep, to keep the case quiet, right? District 64 sued me to shut this up. 
I can't find a lawyer to sue that school. And I've had multiple law firms say it's a nine-figure lawsuit, a nine-figure. We have proven the school didn't act, the school knew about it, and the school changed her records and in some cases destroyed her records. There's so many crimes in that statement alone, yet I can't find a law firm to sue them. Because they're, they're like, oh, well, it's a million dollars of hours for us. We're, we don't want to invest that time unless we know we're going to win. Oh, so what? Yeah. So parents are terrified. Lawyers are worthless. The civil process is supposed to help this, but no lawyer wants to take on the civil cases. Most of these lawyers all know each other. And in most states, and this has happened in my case, the GA child rep opposing counsel if they call and tell part of the story to any law firm in the state, that law firm under law cannot take my case. So they've spent six months calling every law firm they can think of. To, and I've called law firms and they're like, yeah, I heard about this case. I can't take it. So they're just blocking me from, litig- from litigation rights. This is just such bullshit. And I don't even curse on the podcast. I'm sorry, you guys, but like, it really is like this. is It's just, it's absolutely outrageous that they have done this to you, that they are framing you, that they are taking your parental rights away because for the simple fact that you wanted to protect your daughter from a pedophile, like that you were trying to protect her. Yeah. I mean, this is the process. This is, it's, it's literally a designed process. It's happening in Florida, New York, Arizona, Texas. It's happening everywhere. And most of these parents are too shocked, you know, and they're just like traumatized to even know what to do. Like they're they're still just in this fight or flight, like we've got to like save our children mode. Parents are broke because they're they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month on these lawyers who are supposed to be helping them. I had a lawyer sit down with me. Oh yeah, I'm six hundred dollars an hour. It'll take me eighteen months to get your daughter back fifty fifty to what you used to have. But you have to play the game the exact way I tell you. It's going to cost you $120,000. Yeah. Look at her and I'm like, number one, the 120000 is going to be a tough nut, but I'll figure it out. But I have to wait 18 months to get her back to what I used to have. They removed her in 30 seconds a year and a half ago. And you haven't seen her at all since then. And it's like, yeah. And like, you're going to sit there and promise me some magic half-half. What about the pedophile? You haven't given me any solutions to that problem in this meeting. And she goes, well, I just can't, I can't make miracles. So, okay, great. I might get back what I lost if I pay you six figures, if I follow your bullshit rules in the bullshit process. And I, but I still can't protect her from the pedo or from the abuse from mom. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Well, there's just no level of conscience. It doesn't seem from the lawyers that you've dealt with and the court system as a whole. And I'm really sorry that you've gone through that. Literally, like I can't imagine just you're just trying to protect your daughter from a pedophile. And this is how they're treating you. It's it's utterly it's really astounding Um, in the worst in the worst way. I just I am like. I still trying to swallow this pill of like the fact that this kind of stuff is happening. You know, you think of like the legal system and the justice system, all of our laws as things that are protecting us and protecting our children. And we're, you know, we're in a free and fair society, but are we really, I don't think that we really are. If we have this kind of stuff going on, um, you know, the fact that you're saying what about all of these other things that are the fact that she's going to 
still be living with her pedophilic abuser. Like, what about that? And they're just like, well, you know, what are you going to do? You can't win them all. Like, what is going on? Like, everybody is so sociopathic. And never mind the fact that your ex is a sociopath and she has to go through all of that, too. It's just it's just really mind boggling. And um, like the shock of like everything that you're telling me, it just keeps getting more and more utterly shocking but it's clear to me that there is a big problem with the system and that um you know i'm worried too because like the fact that i mean really weird how they were uh you were talking about how they encourage people to have children it will help uh, the case go in their favor if they have like a kid um you know what is going to happen to the kid that (laughs) your ex-sociopathic wife had with you know her new pedophilic husband like this is just like a whole whole fiasco it's like a whole fiasco again i i I mean this with absolute care of all children but it's not my problem my daughter's my problem and what's crazy is that little child that was born to these these people is protecting them from recourse for my daughter and it's by design i know for a fact they were told to get married and have a kid by the opposing counsel because I was told the same thing years ago. Yeah. These parents and these burbs who are witnessing one of these parents go down, they don't want to get involved. They're not involved. They don't want to involve their kid in this stuff. They don't want to get involved in this stuff. I mean, if I didn't have 15 different people step up as character witnesses, write affidavits on my behalf and the judges threw them all out, they she ignored all of them. So all of the framing that they've done of you, is that been all the court system or has your ex-wife had any part in that? Oh, I mean, she's the one who lied under oath, you know, seven, 77 times about me. Everything from I don't feed or clothe my daughter to I let her play with loaded guns and I don't shower myself and I've lost my mind. That was all part of that motion that removed her. And of course, none of that had any evidence. None of that had any any, any basis in fact, but the judge is like, oh my God, this is horrific. Okay, you're losing your custody today. And I'm like, what about cross-examination rights? What about proof? Nope, don't need that today. This is just shocking to me. And like I said, if I can lose my daughter after a decade of being her father, doing everything right, anyone, anywhere listening can lose their kid. Yeah. And, you know, we just calculated it that there's like almost a million probably, you know, kids that are currently going through this, parents that are currently going through this. My gut tells me that everyone knows at least one parental family going through a custody battle post-divorce because it's called post-decree, right? Custody. Any post-decree divorce, I would guarantee almost everyone out there knows at least one set of parents who went went through something. Now, I'm not saying it's all abuse related. It could be battling over days or vacations or, you know, child support payments or some other crap. But if it involves abuse, they know somebody who's involved in what I'm involved with right now, what my daughter's involved with right now. It's a corrupt system. Every good judge, there's nine bad ones. Yeah. Um, well, how do you think we can, how can I help? How can we all help um, get, you know, the stories out more if the parents are so traumatized? How can we, I guess, you know, rally around this cause and really get the story out better? Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create 
like this is me and some of the more aggressive parents. We're trying to create a catalog of all the cases. We're trying to get the word out. And the, the barrier to entry to the, to, the, to the catalog is give us your most damning piece of abuse evidence against whoever's hurting your child and give us the most damning piece of corruption evidence within your case. Lawyers framing you, school changing the records, like in my daughter's case, the judge ruling against your civil rights. Give us something damning on the corruption side and give us something damning on the abuse side. Give us your name, your case number, your state, your judge, the lawyers involved, or the psychs involved, or all the above, and give us those two pieces of, 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 of proof. Yeah. And we're trying to build a legitimate catalog of all the current cases with these kids just to show the gargantuan problem that's out there. But the problem is, who's going to report it? Yeah. It sure as hell won't be Fox News or NBC. No, it won't. Let's go. Let's go even bigger. Okay. There's two celebrity stories I know about. Okay. Halle Berry had a kid with her ex-husband or whatever. They went to court to battle over custody and um, money. I don't think there was any abuse involved in her case at all. This is Halle Berry, for God's sake, an A-list actress, right? Everyone loves that girl. They were in court for eight years squabbling over this. And I guarantee you out of all of that stupid squabbling, the lawyers made millions. Yeah. Angelina Jolie accused Brad Pitt of beating her kids. Okay. She filed FOIA requests for the FBI. They ignored her. She filed complaints. She's now jumping on the bandwagon of this because he still has access to the kids after her accusations. Now that's, she's got hundreds of millions of dollars. She's the, one of the most recognizable faces in the world. And she's accusing one of the most recognizable faces of the world of inappropriateness with her children, with their children. He's walking around no big deal. His career goes on. If you've, lo- if you've noticed, she hasn't released a movie or anything big in years. No, she hasn't. That's what happens when you're the parent trying to get this out there. It consumes you. You don't have time for jobs or relationships or friendships or activities. And she's a massive name with millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And she can't get her story heard. Like that's, if they can't get justice, and back to the Catherine Kasanoff thing in New York, she was a district attorney for the state of New York. All of her legal skills, all of her experience, all of her network, all of her millions of dollars, she couldn't save her kids with video evidence of the abuse. What chance does mom and pop from Iowa or dad from Chicago or mom from Florida have if those people can't get justice? Yeah, I mean, I'm literally getting goosebumps from that because, I mean, you're right. Those are two of the most well-known names in the entire world, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. And he has been in a lot of stuff and she hasn't been. and, And that makes sense that it would be super consuming for her. Um, I guess that is really, it does put it into perspective that if she can't even get the story out with all of her money and all of her prestige and, and all of her, you know, celebrity, then there, there has to be a systemic problem. I'm not, I'm not thinking that there isn't, I'm just saying there absolutely has to be because that makes no sense that she can't even get her story out. She's, she's Angelina Jolie. 
because the media won't talk about it. I think she was just on the Today Show a couple days ago talking about it, but she's not even fighting her case anymore. She's piggybacking what's what's this thing called Caden's Law, which is supposed to be another piece of legislation to protect kids from abusers. You're not going to solve this problem with more legislation. You have to change the system itself. More transparency, more consequences for dirty judges, more consequences for dirty lawyers, but there are none in place. And I imagine that all of these parents have done everything that they can. You know, they've called the governors. They've called all these people already. Oh, I know I have. I know the parents in Florida and California are fighting publicly, trying to get interviews with senators and congressmen and women. What is the response from those people? Oh, oh, we're we're slammed. We're busy. We're this. We're that. We're, we're, We're looking into it. We're looking into it. And then they never get back to you. No, they're they're big shots with agendas, right? Yeah. They don't need us. We're one family. And like I said, my, my issue is Kim Fox's DA's office won't even touch it. They have an entire division dedicated to child crimes and they won't even touch this. Do you think they're not touching it because they just know how corrupt the system is and they know that they can't beat it? That's a very good theory. It could be that they're, you know, part of it. It could be because they just know it's overwhelming and the volume of cases coming in, complaints coming in is just they don't have enough manpower to cover it. It could be all of those things. I mean, the the health deteriorates, too. I mean, I've had health problems off and on throughout this process. Many parents have. I know a woman who grinded her teeth down and and literally shattered her teeth because of all the stress from her child's case. I mean, obviously, we talked about the murders and suicides around the country from these parents. And what's really dark, and this is as dark as I'll go, there's books out there written by relatively well-known authors about this problem. There's a book written by a name named a gentleman named Kenneth Gottfried saying it's, it's literally killing judges, the upcoming massacre of domestic court judges. It's a book. It's been released for years. Wait, I couldn't hear you. Who, who wrote the book? Kenneth Godfried. Okay. And it literally chronicles the fact that parents don't have an outlet. So eventually what's going to happen is parents will start taking law into their own hands and start taking out judges. That's his theory. Yeah. Well, parents have like a natural instinct to protect their children. It's like a survival thing. It's just an innate thing. It's something that parents have in them. So, I mean, it's your children and you are their parents, you know, like it's just a natural instinct. Well, I've been I've been called every name in the book by a whole bunch of different people. And the big thing I've gotten from some people is, well, if you were a real man, you would have gone and killed this guy. Well, yeah, maybe, but it doesn't solve the problem and it doesn't solve my daughter getting raised without a father and doesn't solve the problem of my ex-wife hurting her. Yeah. Long before this clown came in the picture, me standing out, staying out of harm's way, me staying stoic and me going on these podcasts and putting pressure on these clowns and making awareness of all these people. There's so few parents who are doing what I'm doing. Right now, this is what I have to do. But yeah, that's, that's, that thought crosses my mind. You know, what to do, what, what I could do, how far I could go, how extreme it could get. But my logic prevails and my calmness prevails. I, I would love to take matters into my own hands. It's just not my nature. 
Yeah, well, like you said, you know, it's not really going to fix the problem. And I think we just have to bring attention to these issues and really just put pressure on their necks. Um, figuratively, figuratively, you guys don't freak out um, and not literally and just bring attention to these stories and let them know that like and honestly, that's the best kind of pressure that you can put on these types of narcissists in the first place. Like just drag their names, like drag their quote unquote good names and, and see what they how they respond then um you know people need to know that it's not even that they're not it's not even that they're just not doing their job it's literally that they are they're so corruptly handling their positions of power and there are so many institutions in our government right now doing that and to have that happening in the court system where they're the ones determining where these children in abusive situations are going to land um you know and they're landing in these abusive abusive, they're landing with their abusers, you know, then that's a huge, a huge, huge problem. But we can just bring as much awareness to these issues as we can. And again, it's hard. It's difficult. Like, you know, you are one of the few right now that has the strength who's going through this situation to even come on podcasts and talk about this. But this is a huge major start to getting more people, hopefully inspiring more people uh, to have the level of strength that you found in order for them to do the same thing. And it is going to be getting people to come on podcasts because like you said, you know, the major news sources are definitely not going to talk about it, but maybe they will. If we get enough podcasts talking about it, if we get enough other people talking about it on social media, etc. It is a huge story. It is a very big story. And that's why there just needs to be this huge push by everybody to to talk about it. But, you know, the first step is really awareness and again like i wasn't even aware that this kind of thing was happening in the in the court system with abused little kids i didn't i didn't know but now that i know you know i'm going to do everything that i can to bring as much as much of a spotlight onto it as i can it has to be a story that is seen we just have to protect we have to protect our kids you're not a mother yet but i can imagine i have nephews i have nieces i will go no, I'm, I'm not i'm not belittling that at all what i, I was actually segueing into this on this comment you're a fighter right you're a talker you're an advocate right you're on a podcast putting putting public view on topics you're the type of mother who will be a voracious defender of your children hell yeah i will what's happening in these cases in most of these cases, the father, the abuser, the mother, the abuser, the stepfather, stepmother, the abuser, they're absolutely devoid of humanity, right? They don't have that protective nature that you and I and many other parents have. So they just keep doing what they're doing because they don't, they can't help themselves. They're sociopathic, they're psychopathic, they're pedophilic they're they're broken humans our beloved sociopaths but there's no we we have a society now more so than ever where we forgive people for these transgressions because oh they can't help themselves 100 percent. it's wild but i mean you're right we have can we we've created a culture that is like that well if my grandfather who was a world war ii hero Mine was too. My, you know, immigrant, built his own wealth, World War II hero. My father, Vietnam draft dodger. If those men were alive and they saw what was happening to their great-granddaughter or their granddaughter, 
they would they're old school they would have handled it the way that people tell me sometimes I should handle it. Yeah. But now we live in a society where we've been beaten down. The Me Too movement was a very important movement to address sexual assault of women around the world, right? But it was weaponized to destroy masculine men. Yeah. The gay rights movement was a very important movement. But now it's being veiled around that. It's being it's being used as a blanket to cover up these trans the trans movement. Yeah. Which is using as a blanket to cover up the pedophile push. So from the outside observer, if you attack a pedo, that's okay. But if it's an, if it's wrapped in a multicolored flag, that's not okay because now you're infringing on their rights. They can't help themselves. That's who they are. We have to support who they are. We're America. Everyone has a right to their whatever. Well, I think kids is the line. Yeah. This country is heading towards an absolute civil war, in my opinion. And mine too. And for many reasons. The absolute corruption of our government, the destruction of the middle class, the absolute marginalization of minorities across the country the destruction of our legal and our voting systems. Our country is at the absolute edge of civil war, in my opinion. This is the tipping point. When you come after our kids, that is a universal truth. That kids are innocent, kids don't deserve this, and kids deserve our absolute best efforts to defend them. 100%. Unify. White, black, gay, straight, liberal, Democrat, like liberal, conservative. You're going to unify many, many, many people. And I think my theory is the reason why they're trying to bury all these things is because they know this is the final straw that will snap the camel's back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Like you come after the kids, we come after you. That has always, I mean, historically and the entire world, like that's always been the case. And, you know, it's just like what has happened to us um, is my question that we aren't protecting kids anymore. I mean, we again, like we see it with the drag queen story hours. We see it with the pride parades every June, Um, you know, pride month, pride in what pride in molesting little kids. I mean, where are we in America? Like literally. And I do agree with you that things are reaching um, they're reaching a boiling point that I have never witnessed in my life before. And we can't can't have these failed systems that are taking advantage of all of the most vulnerable children, you know, very, very, very much included in that. We can't stand by and let that happen. And I'm afraid, you know, it's terrifying to think of a situation in which the country would reach that level. But I mean, we can't be sitting here having this fraudulent system, the core systems included forever. And like, we have to bring awareness to this issue. We have to do everything we can, you know, from a nonviolent standpoint, obviously, um, I don't want to get banned on Apple and Spotify and all the other uh, hosting platforms for the podcast, but I'm just saying that it has historically been the case that we have, you know, just un like no questions asked, defended children, and it's very um, 
It's very appalling that we're not doing that anymore. And by the way, just a not fun aside story, but um, if you put the flags, the flag that you were talking about a little bit ago together at the head point, um, you know, the new updated pride flag that has the black and brown and the light pink and the light blue. If you put four of those flags together at the head point, then it becomes a Nazi flag. Y'all need to research that. You need to pay attention. I work, as you guys know, in PR and marketing, but pay attention to the symbolism that these people use like you know be um bold and brave enough to like kind of piece this stuff together because they always have hidden messages in what they're what they're doing they don't really have to you know hide in the symbolism the fact that they're very vocally pro pedophile they don't have to hide that in the symbolism but the nazi flag thing was very interesting and i posted that uh on my social media accounts i don't remember if i posted it on my old ones or my new ones i have had just really been banned so many times that it's it's hard to remember um but we keep coming back it's very annoying how you know it doesn't appear that i have <laughs> i don't have a first amendment right anymore i guess but um that was a shocking thing that i found out but anyway we are we are you're right that we are at we're like on this cliff right now in the country and you know that's probably why they don't want to talk about this story or put it out on any of the major media you know there's probably a lot of reasons for that but they probably do know um, that that will be the final straw that breaks the camel's back because people just, again, historically and rightfully so, have always defended children. And you know what? I have been saying for the longest time that maybe we do need to handle pedophiles the old-fashioned way. Everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you're saying that right now, Jenny. What are you saying? You want to you want to do what? Oh, I'm saying that pedophiles are evil. They're irredeemable. And I want to protect children. That's what I'm saying. So I've been saying I'm very much um, pro death penalty for pedophiles. And everybody knows that I'm a Christian. The Bible talks about how you should not only throw pedophiles into the ocean, but you should make sure that they drown. Like you should tie stones to them and make sure that they drown and that they die. And then they're not able to hurt kids anymore. So that's a little different from Islam and other religions that actually encourage hurting children and, uh, you know, raping children a child uh, marriages. No, no, no child brides here. Um, you know, not into that. And the Bible does say to drown pedophiles in the sea. That is what it says. Matthew 18, one through 14 in that passage, Jesus said, quote, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. I think that's very clear. I think it's very clear are what Jesus was saying in that in that passage. So um, it's just very clear. So I'm tired of people saying, oh, I'm not loving, I'm not caring, I'm not tolerant, I'm not um, whatever. I'm not whatever because I don't like pedophiles and I think that they shouldn't be allowed to hurt kids. Okay? It, it should be the final straw. Honestly, it should be the final straw. And I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that too, but it should be the final straw that if they're coming after the kids, that should just be the final straw. It absolutely, it, it has to be. <laughs> I'm sorry where are we in crazy land that we're not like protecting children anymore and we're putting um the the feelings of pedophiles above the safety of children are you guys awake knock 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 are your consciences in there can y'all hear me can y'all like read your bible can you just understand anything 
that would be great. Um, I'm not going to go on a huge, huge, huge rant with that, but uh, you can't side with pedophiles. You're going to need to side with kids. And if you do side with pedophiles, I would ask, are you one? And why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And especially, and especially in our court system. I mean, I mean, this is honestly like these two episodes that are, this is going to be is like, uh, like really some of my most major podcast episodes that I've ever done because, it, you know, we're suggesting that there is a lot of nefarious action taking place in our American court systems um, to the detriment of American children. And that is a really big claim, but it looks like we have a lot of proof. And there are a lot of parents who are going through this. There are a lot of children who are going through this. But I'm just saying, like, if we don't draw the line at the kids and protecting the kids, is there a line anywhere that is ever going to be drawn? What are your thoughts? Part of me thinks they know the future agenda of the legal system, right? They know the pedophilia is pushing towards legalization. It is, and it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Like, all of the freaking naked drag queens out in public, like, running around naked, like, in front of kids, molesting kids, like, willy-nilly out here doing everything that is just so depraved, and everybody's just like, yay! Hey, Sally, did you see? Did you see that we went to the drag queen, like, naked? Did you see that I took Billy, my two-year-old, to see the naked men in the street with their rainbows? What's what? What is wrong with everybody? I need to know. The drag stuff... The drag stuff in the confines of their culture, great. You put it in schools, you put it on the street, you put it in, in front of in front of kids. To me, that's the line. Yeah, and I mean, nobody ever talks about it, but kids are not begging to go to drag queen shows. Like, But the drag queens are begging for child audiences. Why don't we ask why? Why are they asking for that? Again, it goes back to the kids being the line. That, to me, isn't a line in the sand. That's a line in, 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 in cured concrete. You come after the kids, black, white, Asian, immigrant, non-immigrant, I don't care. You come after a kid's innocence, you're going to deal with horns from the parents and from others. People, if they knew what was happening in domestic court, and that's why I'm trying to get the word out as much as I possibly can, if they knew what was happening in court, these demonstrations that I witness, there's a dozen people there, two dozen people there, right? Most of them are parents who've lost something or parents who have friends who've lost something. Once John, once Jane, once whoever get off their effing couch and get involved, the passive Americans who just want to be left alone, they just want to have their yard and their flowers and their veggie garden and their dog or their cat. Once those Americans get involved in this stuff, it'll end quickly. The problem is they're not even aware of it. Yeah. And I have been saying that too. I mean, when the, it's like whenever, you know, in Canada, the truckers finally got mad and like Canadians finally got mad um, about the tyranny. I mean, because Canadians are so peaceful and whenever they got mad, everybody was like, you know, ears perked. What's going on? The, Can the Canadians are mad. Like, and they just are very um, passive people. And I don't think people want to like ruffle feathers or like, I kind of enjoy it, but a lot of people don't like to do that. They don't want to start anything. They don't want to rock the boat 
vote. But when those people, when those passive Americans do get involved in this, then it is game over for these people because those are people who didn't want to get involved. They didn't even want to get involved. But if they do start, you know, having the awareness and, and hearing these stories, seeing these stories, then I think that they will get involved. And that's why it's so important for people like you to come on podcasts. And I'm just really, really grateful that, you know, it sounds like God has really given you your your strength to be able to do this. And I know we have different religions, but still, you know, I do think that God has given you your strength. I was raised a Catholic and I got away from the church because a Catholic brother molested me and the Catholic covered it up. So I got away from the church as a teenager because of my own experiences of the cover up, protecting money and jobs versus protecting kids because I went through it directly. I just, the world is so evil. I've definitely gone after the Catholic Church numerous times uh, talking about a lot of things that they get wrong. But um, they have a huge pedophilia problem that they just absolutely refuse to address. And I, I'm so sorry that you went through that. I went through the pattern myself. I saw the pattern of my daughter, which is why I called it early and caught it early because I went through the training. I went through the therapy. And even they even weaponized it against me in the court battle. Oh, since he's a victim, he's projecting onto his child. No, it means that because you went through it, you know what signs to look out for. Like, what? That, that They use that against you. Oh, since he's a victim, he needs to go to therapy before he can be deemed a safe parent again. Wow. Because that's what the court's saying in my case. It would only, it would literally only mean that you are better equipped to pick up on the cues from your daughter that she has something similar happening to her, which by the way, you did. And that's why I've been, I've been, I wouldn't call myself a helicopter dad, but I, was, I would say I very much keep her in, my, in the corner of my eye, no matter where she is. And I have for her whole life because women, and I'm, you know, I'm going to get flack for this. I think women need men to protect them. They a hundred percent do. I know that that's a controversial statement in today's society, but I think women need men to protect them. And I think men need to be strong enough to protect women and their families. I believe that. Because it's true. I mean, women do. They do. No matter what, women can say whatever they want. They need men to protect them. That is, again, Christian. But like biblical gender roles are crucial and they're very important. And God wouldn't have made them if, you know, just for no reason. But, um, you know, and I'm like, I. some people are like, oh, you're just like a super alpha, super aggressive, like woman. You you don't even need. I mean, it was really funny, though. The other day somebody said, you're, <laughs> they were like, we are not going to allow you to marry anybody unless they have a giant S on their chest, like Superman. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even women like me, like we need men to protect us. I'm never going to be the type of woman that's like, Oh, I don't need a man. I don't need, I don't need to be protected. I know that I do. I know that I would want that for my future daughters. Like, and I think that more men need to be strong and bold enough to take the stance you're taking and just tell the truth that yeah, women and children need men to protect them. Why is that such a controversial thing to say these days? And then also just, you know, evaluate why that is the case. Why is it a controversial thing to say these days? It's just a basic truth. Men definitely need to become more comfortable with just telling the freaking truth, the biblical God's honest, objective truth. Can y'all get more comfortable with that? Um, you know, and to come out and, and say, like, just speak these stories like you're finding from all of these parents, uh, you know, about this injustice in the court system that favors 
murders pedophiles and like puts kids in these terrible abusive environments um, just to take them away and then put them in the foster care system. And again, 60% of the foster care system kids end up child sex trafficked. So it's just looking very, very, very bad for the court system. And we just need more people. We need more people to talk about this because it just, it's so many parents. It's so many parents and so many kids. It's so much worse than even we're talking about. Like if I told you story after story after parent after parent, I mean the the rape kit, the um, the child I know of a little boy in Florida. Her um, his mother is a strong advocate. She's a very outspoken advocate. She's being followed and tracked and traced. I've been followed and tracked and traced. My house has been bugged. My car has been followed. My phone's been tapped. I can prove I've proven all of this in the court's documents. I've proven all of this. I have a report from Apple saying that someone tapped my phone and was using my iCloud to download my messages and my videos. Wow. I mean, it just it just goes to show like the levels that they'll go to 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 protect this awful, awful system just so that they can maximize profits. $56 billion industry, and I'm a Joe Schmo small businessman from Chicago. They don't give a rat's ass about me or my daughter. We are a stepping stone to them covering it up. And they're following all of the other parents, too. Absolutely. There's there's parents I know who are on the run, hiding in different states under assumed identities, trying to avoid being arrested because some judge in some state deemed them under false pretenses of some violation of some bullshit ruling and they're they're under court desk or i mean not not desk that's the wrong word bench subpoena to come into court to be deemed uh contempt of court to be thrown in prison there's parents around the country who are being arrested in these court cases there's a mom in utah who got arrested denied her medicine because she was pushing back against the corruption of a domestic court judge so are they just waiting like spiders, the schools and the court? Like, are they, I mean, I just did this all seems very um, connected and coordinated and uh, intentional, but I'm just wondering, like, and you know, I always wonder things, but like, is the school, like, are the schools trying to like trap people whenever a parent is like a parent who actually cares and is like a good parent and they're trying to protect their children. Are they just waiting like spiders in a spider web? And they're just like, Oh, we got one. Like there's a parent that cares. And, and then, and then they fling them into the system or like what i mean what what do you think again i can't generalize and i won't speak to things i can't prove you know i can prove all of this in my case i can i know a lot of other cases intimately but, uh, my guess is it's a matter of there's some higher level person or group of people who have deemed and this is this is common because you're seeing this everywhere they deem the state smarter than parents yeah they deem the state smarter than citizens we know how to spend your money better we know how to raise your kids better we know what's best for the future of this country and you're not part of our plan yeah that's my that's my gut of all guts it's just they just think that we're obsolete they think the parents are just in the way because if they can program our kids to think that Global warming is going to kill us all in 10 years, like the school taught my daughter a couple years ago, or that pedophilia is just people's preferences religiously or sexually, or that mom and dad who vote 
middle ground are wrong because the progressive movement is the only movement to go or God isn't real, which is very common in schools, right? They won't even salute the flag or let prayers occur. Yeah. The state thinks they know how to raise our kids better than we do. Well, the state wants to be everybody's God. Well, that's just it. They're trying to replace God, whatever God people may support or, or believe in or whatever system of, of religion they believe in. They're trying to replace that with, with the state. Yes, they. that is exactly what they're doing. That is exactly what every communist nation does, by the way. That's why in communist nations like China, North Korea, all these other places, they have these like deity-looking images of their leaders. You guys need to look into that if you haven't yet, but they really try to, in communist nations, they try to turn their leaders into... Um, they try to turn their leaders into gods because they are trained by their leaders and their little groups that are pushing their agenda um, to believe that they are the god. Like that is why governments want you to have free things and to have all the government's help. Because if you pray at night and if you mind your manners and follow our commandments, then we might just bless you with something. The governments that are communistic in nature, they definitely want you to view the leaders as god and. and in these communist nations, they actually do. And that is why also in a lot of these communist uh, nations, it's like atheism is the number one non-religion. Most of the people in communist nations are atheists. They don't actually believe in the God, but they do believe um, in the government being their pseudo God because that is who gives them what they need because you don't have an ability to get any of your needs met by yourself because you've given all of your rights and your freedoms to the freaking government and they're not going to give you what you want unless you do what they tell you to. And it's um, that's why I'm always just telling you guys, just read up on communists, see how it hasn't worked anywhere. Like just, you know, and don't read biased books, actually, actually like critically think and, and look into that. Um, but it is true that that is why prayer has come out of the government funded schools. It is true that that is why communists, um, you know, are just infamously always attacking God and laughing and mocking God, their creator. Um, you know, it's it's sad to think about because all of these people, you know, predominantly Democrats in our country who are communistic now and they're just like, they're just so susceptible to brainwashing and they're so gullible and naive. And they're just like, yes, daddy government, we are going to mock the Christians and the strong independent thinkers for you. And then maybe you'll give us, you know, an extra like piece of bread at the bread lines. Um, so anyway, people are really dumb when it comes to that. But yeah, they should not, um, they should not, people need to know that your parental rights are super, super important. You can't just, and the other thing is that the left will put out all these phrases, these nice sounding phrases of like, it takes a village, like to, in regards to raising your children, but it doesn't, it takes you, it takes you, the parents having the wherewithal to like raise your own kids. They are your kids. They are not the state's kids. They're your own kids. This is your progeny this is your lineage this is your child or children and you cannot outsource your parenting to the state and if you do so do not be shocked when your children turn out to be miserable um just like low lives who are not contributing very much to society and completely immoral depraved 
godless wretches. I mean, just don't, I, I would just say, just don't, um, don't outsource your parenting to the government. You will heavily regret it. Um, if you're not a sociopath and, um, you know, we just have to bring more awareness to these, these stories and these, and this issue, because this is exactly what the government is trying to do. You're exactly right. They think that they can parent better than parents and they are, they view themselves as God. The government views themselves as God. They think they're better at running your life than you are when you know that that's not true at a very deep level. You know that that's not true. Everybody knows that that's not true. Um, if you're not completely, you know, if you're not com been completely manipulated, then you know that. And the proof that the government does a worse job at parenting than you is um, you as in everybody, you know, that's a parent is that, um, you know, the, the government is what we're talking about, a branch of government that is putting children with their abusers in these court systems where they're supposed to be protecting the kids from their abusers, they're intentionally putting their kids with abusers. So I swear you can just go to a DMV and see, you know, that the government shouldn't be running anything at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can't, we cannot, there's going to be hell to pay if you come after the kids. And that is all I will say. Well, what's sad more so than the abusers, because abuse, abusers, like I said, they're sociopathic, they're psychopathic, right? They're, they're broken humans. But the fact that the system is now defending them, burying evidence, you know, not punishing them very much. That's the biggest problem in all of this is the fact that the system is designed to let these people exist, operate, and keep going. There used to be punishments pretty severe. If a pedophile was convicted and went to prison, there's a decent chance that person never came back out alive from that prison. Yeah, because prisoners know better than we do, apparently, how to handle pedophiles. You know, so, I mean, all of these things said, I don't support violence against people, but I don't think these humans are people. I don't think they're humans. I, I think their humanity is gone. Yeah. I think if you're able to hurt a child with no guilt, then you des you're not a human being and you shouldn't be under the protection of human civil liberties. That's my most extreme opinion. I think if you're proven to be a monster and unable to be reached mentally or emotionally or socially, you're not really a human and these, these roles shouldn't defend you. Because if you hurt a child, you're going to hurt another one. If you have access to a kid, you want to have access to another one. Yeah, they are. They're monsters. They, I mean, if you can't reach people emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like, and they're doing this to kids, I mean, if they do it to one, they'll do it to a million. And we have to just stop with this. Let's protect. Like, we don't know what happened in their past. They could be just, we no. they are pedophiles. Let's call them that. Let's treat them uh, that way. And let's not put kids in this dangerous situation. Um, but you're right. I mean, how many kids, if they'll hurt one they'll hurt a million and we just need to really hit that point um we have to get people to understand well the red dot maps right and all these and all these groups how often do you hear about those they should be told day one of every school institution year here's the website to track the local convicted sexual offenders in your neighborhood i remember growing up in the 80s and 90s and it was like don't go near that house don't go near that van. Don't go near that guy. It was like known who the dirt balls were. Yeah, I remember that growing up. My parents would like point out houses. You like, you don't go to that house. You don't go to that house. Like it was, it was definitely a thing. And there's an one, there's a registered sex offender on the same block as my daughter. 
and we knew he's a red dot and he literally didn't care trick or treat he'd he'd be trying to invite kids into his house after school on the bus drop-offs he would be trying to be and little girls to come into his house he was still operating under the same behavior pattern and he's a convicted sex offender and now the dads and the moms knew better and taught their kids to avoid him, but he's allowed to exist in that neighborhood like nothing happens, and he's still trying to pull that shit off. Yeah, it, it, it's shocking. It's shocking how many pedophiles are just let back into society after they get their little slap on the wrist, as if you know they're not going to hurt kids again. I mean, that's if they even get in trouble at all. It sounds like the court systems are definitely working very much to make sure that pedophiles are, you know, they are perfectly accessible. Uh, the kids are perfectly accessible to them to abuse, is what it sounds like to me. And like you said, they're broken. They're not. They're not human. So I don't. I don't know what the humanity level of how to handle them is but i also know that my daughter's been affected the school lied lawyers lied mostly for profit purposes in my opinion but right now the pedophile has 24 7 access to my child and i'm not even allowed to talk to her and i proved he hurt her i proved mom hurt her i proved they tried to frame me for crimes and they have 24 7 access to my daughter and i cannot even allow to talk to her right now yeah it's, it's all really, really, really messed up. I mean, I can't, I really can't imagine. But what would you say to your daughter if you could talk to her right now? Just tell her that I didn't, didn't, didn't give up on her. And tell her that everything that she was told about me was probably a lie. And to try to rebuild that, that bond we had. Because you know they're being coached. She told me she was being coached by these court officials. I, just, I would just tell her that I haven't given up on her. Because I know she probably thinks that right now because she's being coached that I, that I did. And I'm not, and I haven't. That's why I'm on the podcast. That's why I do my page. That's why I'm allowed on, like, just, I have layer after layer of layer of time stamped videos to her. I've made over 100 hours of videos to my daughter of life lessons, of me talking to her, of me sharing events in this, in this battle. So if I don't make it through this, and she does make it through this, I have in my will and her trust that she gets these videos at some point in the future. So she at least knows dad didn't give up on her. She at least knows dad fought for her because right now she doesn't know that. And that's the biggest thing I want to tell her is just I'm not giving up on you, kiddo. I can't see you right now. I can't talk to you right now, but I'm not giving up. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you made those videos for her. That's going to be very special. You know, it is important for her to know that you didn't give up on her and that you kept fighting and pushing through all of this BS. And it is BS, um, you know, to get that to her. And I hope that she does understand. I hope she gets it. But it does sound like there's a level of gaslighting and brainwashing happening in the court that is is really like monumentally like just terrifying to me. And um, I'm also scared because like, you know, you probably are always wondering like what are they going to do if I'm this transparent I'm coming out here and I'm telling people the truth when they've gone to such great efforts to you know promote the lie I mean like are you afraid of that oh I'm sure if the judges and lawyers involved in my case get a hold of this they'll sue me for something I know they will but I don't just don't give a shit yeah I want them to sue me in civil court because that gives me discovery rights and that gives me a jury and they don't want that to happen so that's really the power parents have, and that's a message to all parents out there. Don't be scared. Don't back down. 
because they have to put you in a civil setting to yeah. come after you on something. And that gives you the right to a jury and that gives you a right to cross-examine. And that's all you should need. Yeah. And I mean, even with that though, like it just, you know, it is very brave to, to come out and say all of this, especially so publicly. So, I mean, thank you. And for on behalf of all of the other parents and all of the other kids going through this, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to look up to you and just kind of take, take, uh, hint i guess and realize that maybe we have to just come out here and do what they don't want us to do and just get the story out and if they sue us okay you know go go take me i will go to the civil court and i will prove you wrong with all of my evidence um i think that that is a really good point um but it definitely appears to be a very concerted effort by the courts to you know just do this awful awful thing that is so corrupt and it's just like how long has it been like this forever well i I'll tell you this. I've lived, I've lived a life. Okay. It's, I, I, I always fall back to my favorite movie quote. It's not the years, it's the mileage. You know, it's not your age. It's how much you've seen is how much you've been through. The biggest thing I can tell parents, especially the alienation, the defense they use against protective parents, the isolation they do to isolate parents from their kids to talk to them, each other. Because that's what they did. They knew my, my daughter tells me everything, so they isolated her from me. That's why they won't let me talk to her. The biggest thing I can tell parents out there, if they're listening, parents who are involved in this, parents who are learning about this for the first time, they want you to call protective services. They want the protective parent to be outspoken. And that's what's pathetic about this. They need that nugget to lever those mechanisms against the protective parent. If I had, a, if I had someone call anonymously, if I had a friend of a friend of a friend leak information or leak advice, it, it, I would have more advantage in the court system right now. But because I defended my daughter directly, I quote unquote, put her in this alienation process. And that's what's pathetic. And they know that that's part of the process That's part of their system. They want the protective parent to lose it and act on it because once the parent acts on it, they can enact all these insane litigation tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even with that, I mean, I think you're acting and responding to all of this the same way that I would. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? But it is, it's just overwhelming to think about how, it, you know, how the system is really just ensnaring people. Well, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, this is social impact too, right? I mean, I had a community in Park Ridge and it's gone, right? There have been, I've been deemed through the mechanisms of the court and the bad mouthing from the ex and her husband that I'm the problem because the parents only see that I'm not around. They don't know the truth. They don't know what really happened. Yeah. So they go on their day going, oh, that Ryan guy was the problem. They don't realize that their kids are currently accessible to a pedophile. Not a convicted pedophile, but a proven pedophile within the court system. They don't know their kids are going over that house right now. And the way the court structured my supp suppression and gag order, if I, go to the, if I go to the school board meeting, the same school board who sued me to shut up, and I go as a parent to the school board meeting, which is my legal right to do so. 
and I open my mouth, I could be arrested because I'm not allowed to go to her school functions right now under the court order. If I warn the parents that their kids are at risk from a pedophile, I could be arrested in, in, in Illinois right now. Um, y'all are going to have to excuse my French, but this is just the system is batshit crazy. Have you heard about the the new laws that Governor Pritzker in Illinois passed this past week or two? No. I think it's called the D-Box or D, something like that. Basically, if you tell the truth about someone now and it hurts their reputation, their business, or they feel it could hurt them, they're threatening them. They could sue you civilly for millions of dollars because even if it's true, them feeling it could hurt them is enough for them to convict you. What the hell? It's a direct assault on, on free speech, and it's now a law in Illinois. So if I tell the judge out loud, if I say her name on this podcast or on a web, any kind of web, this judge hurt my child, I could be sued by the state and be arrested. I just literally don't understand. Like, this is a law? Yeah, it's, 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 it's out there in space. When did this pass? Uh, August 4th, I believe. August, first week of August. And it's literally designed for retaliation. It's designed for political retaliation against whistleblowers. Sounds like it to me. I just can't believe. I mean, I get Chicago, so I mean, I can kind of believe. So this is for, this is for all of the state of Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. We are losing our country so fast, you guys. I'm telling you, like, everybody's like, oh, you know, we're not really, we're not really losing it. Everybody's just super political. No, no, we're losing our country. You don't have free speech anymore. It, clearly, in Illinois, you don't have free speech anymore. And I don't have free speech. I don't have free speech on social media. I don't have free speech. People, like, do not want me to say things that are true. Um, you know, we're losing our country. We're losing our kids. Um, you know, when, when, when is enough enough? But that's just it. No one knows about this law because it's not reported because they control the media. Yeah. You, I mean, you can't even talk about the law. Yeah. So if I was name dropping tonight, which I haven't done so far, but I will, I am a hundred percent willing to do so. I'm literally now breaking a law in Illinois for name dropping facts about dirty lawyers and dirty judges. So federally, nobody will help you. <laughs> not yet. I've been hunting for lawyers for over a year. So what do they say? They just say, I'm not touching this? Mostly, yep. Nobody has a spine anymore. Nobody, I mean, where are we're all of the consciences? I mean, did you, I mean, did those go out of style while I wasn't looking? We're, we, we have, there's no integrity. There is no bravery. There is like, it's literally like people are, uh, you know, to steal a word from freaking whatever, Ron DeSantis, but listless vessels. The fact that my nine-year-old, now 10-year-old daughter has more of a spine to defend herself than grown adult male lawyers with federal experience who could make millions of dollars off of this case, the fact that my daughter has more of a spine than they do is the most pathetic thing I can talk about on this podcast tonight. It is pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. I'm just, I'm so mad. I'm so, like shaking mad right now. I'm, I live it every day. And I've had heart problems. I've had stress. I've chipped a tooth because of my grinding at night of like my nightmares. I have nightmares almost nightly about my daughter and what's happening to her without my protection. You know, it's just 
you don't understand the stress these parents are under. And I don't fault them for not speaking out. But I also fault them for not processing their trauma faster and getting to a place like I have of actually becoming a warrior again versus we, we, we affectionately refer to them as the trauma mamas. You talk to them and they're clearly new in the process. They're clearly not as, 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 as weathered and seasoned as, as some of the adults who've been in this for years like I have. And they're trauma mamas. They're brand new and they freak out and they want to tell their story and they cry on the phone and they're shaken and they don't know what to do and they're in panic fight or flight mode. And you feel for them. I feel for every single one of them I talk to. But you're trying to coach them out of that trauma state into a state of action. And yeah. most of them are stuck in that trauma state. So I don't judge them for that. But that's where most of us start. The shock of losing our kids for no reason. The shock of our kids being hurt and we can't stop it. The shock of the court corruption system. These parents are just stuck in this trauma state and they can't get out. So are you guys your only support system? I mean, do you have anybody else? I mean, is it just y'all? Absolutely. I mean, I, the few advocacy groups I've talked to are absolutely worthless. What can my audience do to help you guys? Like, what is your best advice for everybody? Well, I've been, I've been a different kind of beast in this stuff. I've set up a, a hotline number to have for parents or potential lawyers who want to get involved to call. Um, I've, I've attempted to create a very transparent, very in your face Instagram page, which is, uh, Kiko K E K O underscore coalition. Uh, my daughter's nickname is Kiko. I've been kind of using that as my battle cry. We set up a website documenting my entire case, donutsandbroccoli.com, which chronicles the entire process of how they did what they did to me. And thus, hopefully, parents learn from it. We're trying to build a website to catalog these parents and their stories and their cases numbers and their and their judges who were dirty. There's abusivejudges.com that you can that you see the entire list of judges who've been reported to violate civil rights and hurt children. So that website's not us, but it's one of our network. There's things out there, but they're all tiny and they're all disorganized. No one's really taken the bull by the horns. And I think I have to step up and do it because I don't think anyone else is going to. Yeah. Do you- so I will keep, I will keep you informed about how it all forms out. But the web, the Instagram page is the best way that the website's the best way to get a hold of me. Can you spell out the website? Yeah. It's donuts and a N D broccoli.com. So D O N U T S and Broccoli, B-R-O-C-O-C-C-O-L-I.com. And the reason why it's known as Broccoli is that was one of the accusations they made against me as a father when they removed my child, that I only feed her donuts and broccoli. <laughs> That's kind of like funny. I think I dropped it on the judge about 11 times. I'm like, well, you know, you know me, judge. I only feed people donuts and broccoli. Throwing in her face how ridiculous it was. Chronic is I'm a hobbyist chef. I have a $40,000 kitchen. Of, of like you know knives and pots and all kinds of fun tools I, I, I cook for anybody who will let me cook for them I love cooking for people my daughter I started teaching her how to cook when she was younger you know fish tacos and other simple things to start but like more complex stuff so like I'm a hobbyist chef and they threw it in my face 
I took her to a three-hour outdoor, 80-degree, perfect day, temperature day off from school to play tennis because she's a, she was a tennis prodigy last time I saw her. Outside, just playing tennis with her, with her dad. They accused me of child abuse for putting her outside playing tennis for three hours on a sunny day in Chicago. I, I literally brought up to the judge, I said, well, if three hours outside with your parents is bad, then every parent who hikes, every Boy Scout troop, every Brownie troop, Every high school football game, every soccer game, all you should arrest all those parents right now because they're abusive. I mean, it definitely feels like they're just trying to break up healthy family units, like, or, you know, take the, the kids away from the healthy parents. Oh, that's 100% what they're doing. The state believes that they're better at the parenting than we are. And then they're putting them in the quote-unquote care of the, you know, abusive pedophiles. You're a very, you're a very wise person for your age. You don't have a family yet, but you probably will someday. The fact that... You you know this because of your own research, and I've, I've I listened to many of your podcasts. The core family, a mother, a father, children, working together as a unit, can overcome poverty, can overcome the state, can overcome persecution or abuse. A, a, a core family can get out of the poverty over the poverty line, purchase a home. And live what, what, what we were promised, the American dream. You break a family up, which is, is obviously the goal because you have two homes, two tax bases, etc. You break a family up, there's a good chance one or two of those, one or both of those parents will be below, be below the poverty line. Yeah. There's a good chance those kids will rely on the state. There's a better chance those kids don't go to private schools or parochial schools, they go to a state school. Yeah, I mean, those are all really good points. And it's all part of the bigger agenda to break the family up. No, I'm glad you made those points. That's exactly right. Like, I mean, it's like literally like hell on earth. It's like hell on earth for you and these parents. And I just didn't know that it was happening to this. I didn't know it was happening to any extent, but I didn't know. I didn't, I just didn't know. Well, that's where my case is so bizarre and I'm not the only one, but yeah, they're framing innocent parents to remove the child under false pretense and then using the judge's discretionary powers and the GAL's immunity powers to keep the child away from the parent. Just for more money. Oh, it's, I mean, it's the number one reason. I'm sure there's others, but I'm not going to speak to it because I can't prove it. Yeah, but I mean, I follow your, I, I follow your, I'm catching your drift. And I think, you know, it could be, I mean, yeah, for profit, it could be something else. Does your ex-wife know, like, to the extent that they have uh, framed you? I mean, she's the one, she's the one who, who fabricated the, the lie story about all the stuff. So she's just, she's just glad to have, you know, as a clear sociopath, you know, just glad to have all the lies she can get. Well, if you're, an, if you're a borderline personality, narcissistic ter- type, you don't care about your children. You care about the public image of your children. Yeah. I left her over a decade ago under cheating, stealing, and physical abuse. She has had to reconcile in her twisted mind for over a decade that her husband left her. She was the bad guy. Yeah. She's been attempting to get my daughter away from me for years. The, my, my court case dates back to 2016. Seven years of this battle. They've yeah. only removed her in the last 18 months. And every year, every, every 18 months, there was a new accusation, a new, a new framework, a new judge, a new lawyer, a new whatever, until they finally weaponized the court against me under the new pretenses. 
she only cares about telling everyone around her, her, her family, her friends, her community of Park Ridge, that I'm the bad guy. That's all she wanted. She wanted to just have the deniability. Yeah. I told you he was the problem. I told you he was the problem. Most women want, even if they're divorced, most women want the father of their children in their children's lives. The men and women who weaponize this system against the protective parent has nothing to do with what's best for the kids. It has to do with their own agenda, whether they're a pedophile, whether they're an abuser, whether there's some level of narcissistic personality type that needs to have the image of being the winning parent. That's where this court, that's where this court makes their money is, is crazies. If two parents go in that court and they're like, we want to resolve this. We want to be what's best for our kid. That court has no power. When you have two parents that go in there and they're confrontational and they're adversarial and they're fighting over every nickel and dime and every aspect of the kid's life, that court's raking cash in. That's why they're televised. Yeah. It's just there are so many systems. There are so many systems that are just so fucked up and i've never even dropped that the f word on the podcast before but this is absolutely infuriating but the systems are definitely corrupt and you know we just can't take it like we just there has to be a a point in time that we stop taking it and everybody takes so much more than they should ever take in my humble opinion but i mean there has to be a point in which we're just you know putting our foot down literally and saying no um and you know it's just the the audacity (laughs) It's a store that I own, but, um, you know, the, I love people that have audacity. I love people that are willing to come out and, and really, uh, you know, you're coming out against judges orders. Like, you know, like, I mean, you shouldn't even have orders telling you, you can't talk about this, but that's what you're doing. And I do think it'll take, I mean, honestly, I think that the first major big step is going to be for more parents to do the exact same thing that you're doing. Just stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of the system that, you know, is doing this to you and doing this, especially to your children. And we've talked about it before, but it really does seem like the system is just, it it tries to beat the parents down so much emotionally, just traumatize them to the point where they're just staring and like, what do I do? Like, they're literally like just frozen in fear. That's what I experienced with most of these parents who I talk to. Most of the parents are so traumatized from losing their children and losing their lives and their jobs and their reputations. They're just a shell of what they once were. I luckily and unluckily have been through so much trauma in my life, including being a child of the system myself. I've created some sort of layer of callousness to all of this. I see it from a very logical, strategic standpoint. It's like, I'm not going to win in that court, so there's no reason to play this game. Yeah, I'm not going to abide by a judge's order that's completely illegal. I'm going to break the judge's order and go out and talk about this. Yeah. Like, I just see from a different perspective because I know what a child of the system turns into. It turns into someone like me who marries another abusive person. Yeah. I don't want my daughter to marry an abusive man because she lost her father. I don't want my daughter to marry a a level of abusive life or or end up in an abusive situation or end up on a a dancing pole or end up in a foster home or end up on a in worst case scenario end up in a child sex trafficking ring in Europe. Yeah. Because her stepfather is an immigrant. Like I'm terrified of that. Those movies like Taken and Death Wish 
and law-abiding citizen where it's like fantasy porn of revenge of a father against their child's their daughter's abduction or their daughter's pain or death or rape those films exist for a reason because people have written those scripts because they've gone through shit like this yeah i mean it just can't happen and you know i want to do everything i can to you know get some people to work with you that can actually you know help you move this along i mean because who do you think can help you other than these parents that you're you know saying are too traumatized right now to really help like who i mean what do you think like who who can help what i need more than anything right now is i need a lawyer who has the guts and who wants to make a lot of money off the school because I can beat the schools. I can beat the school right now in any court setting, period. I have enough evidence to crush the school, the teacher, the principal, the social worker. I can end that aspect of this. And that court case, and this is what I've offered to every lawyer I've talked to, they, all, they always take a third, right? Lawyers take a third on contingency cases. You can take two-thirds. Take two-thirds of $100 million. Take two-thirds of $200 million, because that's how much the case is worth. Take two-thirds of the case. I don't care about the money. But you have to fully litigate it. And that's my deal to every lawyer I talk to. I want a full jury. I want a full televised court appearance. I'm calling the judge. I'm calling the lawyers, the GAL, the teachers. I'm calling everybody on the witness stand. And I'm going to break this thing wide open for everyone to see. And that's the deal I offer these lawyers. And the lawyers have offered, oh, I'll take... I'll take the contingency case, but I want to have the power to settle it because I know it is a big number and they don't want to litigate it. And I'm like, no, because then it gets brushed under the rug and more kids get hurt. Yeah. And the reason, the number one reason why I don't have a lawyer to litigate the school thing is because I tell, I told everybody, take the money. I don't care about the money, but I want to fully litigate this thing and blow this thing wide open. And no lawyer will do it. Yeah, well, I'm going to share this on LinkedIn and everywhere else I can think of to share it, you know, to try to rope in a lawyer. Um, but if any of you listening have a lawyer in mind, you know a lawyer who is bold and strong enough to take something like this on, then definitely let Ryan know. Definitely let me know, and I'll put you in touch with Ryan. Um, you know, it is going to take, and I think you're right, I think it's going to take having shown that a lawyer is not afraid to take something like this on and that they not only are not afraid afraid to take it on, but they can win, um, you know, and give the lawyer their two thirds and then, and just prove that the, that it can be done. Give these other lawyers, you know, a glimpse into what could be if they actually grew a freaking backbone. I mean, they have to grow backbones. These lawyers, I mean, you're right. Like lawyers, um, they want to make money without, you know, rocking the boat too much. And if they do know the system. So I, I do understand how like, they're just like, they're like, well, we can't beat it. We already know it's already corrupt. It's so corrupt. But you're just like the lawyers are just there's got to be one. There's got to be one um, that is willing to take this on. So, uh, again, I'm going to share that. And also, again, if anybody is a lawyer, you know, a lawyer who would be interested in this. Definitely let me know. Let Ryan know. Like that's that's going to be really important. What we need to do is just show proof that it can be done. And no lawyer, no law firm yet will take it. Yeah. Well, I encourage everybody to reach out to Ryan if you know a lawyer, if you think you can find a lawyer, if you just have something, you know, percolating in the back of your brain that is a lawyer that might have the courage to do something like this. Um, what is the best way? Do you have an email or something that people can reach out to if they if they find somebody? The best way to contact me right now is the Instagram page, Kiko, K-E-K-O underscore coalition. Um, I will leave you an email and a number. 
just out to you on the podcast. I'll leave an email, email number. I just don't want to promote the email number on the podcast because it is a protected line. Okay. To I'm, avoid further harassments and further waste of time yeah, in this case. Makes sense. Okay. Um, well, this has been, you know, again, this has been mind blowing. This has been a mind blowing interview for me. I just had no idea about all of this. I know that for my listeners, it's going to be a lot to take in and absorb, take some time, um, you know, definitely sit on this, but also research things and look at, you know, all of the stuff that's happening in the court system as it relates to how children are being treated in these abuse cases. Um, I think that it's, it's very much like curtains being lifted and for, everybody. Like, I really don't think that a lot of people knew this was going on. So I really, really appreciate you coming on and having the courage again to talk about it. A lot of people, because they're gag ordered, you know, are not doing that. So I really, really appreciate your strength. Um, I admire it. I think that it's very crucial moving forward with this issue. We're going to have to have more strength. Um, And it's just going to take people, you know, bringing awareness to this issue and really not being afraid to talk about the big, scary monster in the room. There is a big scary monster in the room and we can't ignore it anymore. We cannot act like just because the news media isn't covering it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Like This is happening. It doesn't matter who's covering it, who's not covering it. We're going to have to talk about it some more and really pressure people um, in the media to talk about it more. And that starts with us just talking about it more and, and really getting these cases out. I think they also think in the court system, it's so convoluted. They'll never be able to really you know, get it all out there and tell everybody, um, you know, the other problem is that we just, everybody has such a short, like attention span these days. So this interview was just, uh, you know, like two hours long, over two hours. And sometimes you need that time to go through things. And we still haven't gone through absolutely everything, I'm sure, but we're going to have to have longer attention spans, really get through these things, understand these things so that we can see the corruption happening and react to it in an appropriate way so that we're protecting children. Um, We can't have American children in these situations living with their pedophile abusers. Not going to be able to happen on my watch. Not going to be able to happen on Ryan's watch. Not going to be able to happen on the good people of this nation's watch. We're not going to do it. Again, I encourage all of my listeners to connect to Ryan if you're interested in helping with this issue, which everybody should be interested in helping with this issue. Uh, Reach out to Ryan if you have any lawyers in mind. Again, let Ryan know. Um, I think it's pretty clear from the Biden administration that evil people, evil, dumb, awful people are going to do wicked things uh, and they're not going to get away with it anymore. I mean, the Biden administration has been getting away with legitimately murder, like literally the Afghanistan pullout, all of these other things. And, you know, we have some powerful, evil, wicked people that are controlling a lot of things. And we just have to say that and respond to it. And, um, you know, we just have to work together more. I've always said, like, um, you know, I'm an independent, but I lean right, obviously. And like the right is just so individualistic that we forget that we have to work together more and we have to be more collective in terms of organization. And so I hope that with this issue, we're able to be more organized so that we can be more effective in protecting um, and protecting children. We have to do that. But again, I just didn't know the extent. I didn't even know this was happening. I had no idea. And I'm shocked that I didn't hear about the Angelina Jolie stuff. Um, you know, the media really is trying to keep this on the hush hush. And you know what? We're not going to do that. I am like so loud, literally like loud on the podcast. And I'm just naturally a loud person. And I think we need to have more loud people talking about important things. I think we really do. 
too. This should not be something that is, um, you know, a story hiding in the shadows when all of this evil is happening to children. It just really feels like children are defenseless against their pedophilic abusers, um, you know, and then the parents are defenseless against this awful pedophilic court system. Like, that's a pretty big story. It's a pretty big story that we need to be talking about. I mean, I don't think we need to be focusing on Ukraine. I don't think we need to be focusing on Sound of Freedom, this stuff happening to kids everywhere else except for America. It's happening here. Let's focus on American children and let's focus on Ryan's daughter. I mean, if we can't do anything else, more and upstanding. Can we at least protect the children? Can we at least protect the children of America? I am asking you guys, I am begging you guys um, to to care. The sociopathy is a huge major problem that I just can't believe how sociopathic society has become. I really can't. Um, you know, we are made, we are all made in God's image and we are to be treated and treat others with hum- like humans. Like we're supposed to treat them like humans because they are, they're human beings, they're made in God's image and they deserve respect and they deserve you to care like why is everybody so apathetic about people's well-being like the left is always saying well we just care human rights human whatever y'all want to give all your rights away okay shut up like you don't want to give all your rights away you don't want to have guns you don't want to have any of your rights so you don't want anybody to speak like i wouldn't even be able to do this freaking podcast if i wasn't allowed to speak which i'm really don't feel like i'm like uh, totally allowed to speak and this illinois law that you were talking about earlier where you know it's a crime for you to have free speech. No, no, y'all, we have to push back against all of this. Please share this podcast around. It's very important for the story to get out. Please share it on LinkedIn. Uh, Again, we're trying to find a lawyer for Ryan's case and just do everything you can to bring awareness to this issue in your communities. Um, You know, just talk about it. Just talk about it, please. If Ryan can come on this podcast and talk about it for over two hours with gag orders, then I think y'all can talk about it. I think y'all can. Stop being afraid of the system. The system thrives on your fear. So stop it. Just stop it. Okay? You're stronger than you think and you, it doesn't really take that much people ask me all the time how are you so strong to say all of these very controversial things i know what rights i have it's not hard i have rights i have these rights and they're mine and nobody's going to take them away from me because god gave them to me and god's not going to take them away from me so i have them forever and i'm not afraid of the system even if they kill me whatever like they're not going to and if they do whatever i mean there comes a point in which you just have to do the right thing and i think that I have reached that point. Ryan has definitely reached that point. And more of you guys need to reach that point too. Okay. I'm, I'm not talking really to my podcast listeners. I think you guys are pretty based and very honest and uh, don't have an issue, but please share this podcast around so that other people can hopefully realize that, you know, they don't need to have an issue sharing the truth and being bold either. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for, for doing this. I know that you're risking a lot by coming on the show. I just really, really appreciate your bravery. And I hope more men are, you know, paying attention to the way that you're responding to this situation because they need to respond the same way. Um, you can't just, you can't just not, you just can't not do anything when something like this is happening. Um, we need to be encouraging the other parents to do so. It's just, it's just such, it's just, it's just such a mess. Like I said, my daughter advocated for herself at eight and nine years old. And I've watched 12 licensed professional adults lie and hurt her and cover it up and the fact that a nine-year-old has more ethics more backbone and more common sense than 12 licensed professionals who her job is to protect children that's the most disturbing part of this whole thing yeah 
no, I'm just extremely grateful that you are a strong man and that you're, you know, you have found it in yourself to do this. Like you were saying earlier, you know, we, I mean, civilizations fall. They always fall when men stop protecting women and children. And I don't care how feminist, sticky you are. I don't care, you know, how independent, whatever. I'm independent. <laughs> you need men. You need, I will never be the woman that is saying I don't need, I need men, w women and children need men. We need men to protect us. We need men to do the hard things in society um, so that we're not, you know, living in fear. And I, I frankly am so afraid after like listening to everything that you've said, I'm afraid of the court system. Again, don't be too afraid to say anything, but it is a scary situation and men have to protect women and children. That is literally their biblical gender role. And if, you know, again, people don't know about that. So that would, you know, explain that. But like civilizations do fall when men like turn a feminine and feminine and they're not protecting and they're not defending and they're not standing up for good men are you know what men are very aggressive and that's a good thing if men can harness their aggressiveness it is there is so much goodness in that and i i pray to god every night and i am asking please make men more like aggressive where they're harnessing it so that they can do good in society and so that's my my personal prayer i agree completely but I do really appreciate you being a strong man and we've got to bring strong men back to our country. We just need to sh like trend strength again, you know, Ryan, thank you so much again. Is there anything else that my listeners can do any last minute message? Like how can, how can we help you? Yeah. I'm going to share uh, with Ginny in the podcast, all of the different websites, links, phone number hotlines that I have. Um, and that'll be the best way to get a hold um, of me or any capacity of more learning more information. I highly recommend the Instagram page because we're laying out facts. We're not conjecture. We're not hearsay. We're laying out facts of cases and facts of how this process works and how these people cover these, these kids abuses up. Well, we will put that wherever you want us to put it. And again, you guys follow, follow Ryan on Instagram. We're going to have that in the description as well. We're going to have all of this information in the description for the episodes. Um, you know what? Just, uh, just pray also it would be what I say as a Christian, pray for this situation, but act on the situation. A lot of Christians pray, but they don't act. And I think that a lot of Christians are just like, God's will is going to happen. Okay. That doesn't mean that you do nothing. That doesn't mean you do nothing about any of these major issues happening in the country. You have to speak. You have to act. You have to pray. And let's just focus on doing all of those things together. And frankly, if you're not a Christian, this should just bother you just as much, to be honest. Like you, this, this issue should just bother everybody. There used to be a time when just protecting children was something everybody did, not just Christians. So maybe if there's one thing that we can unify all religions, like all political sides of the aisle, like, can we just, can it just be protecting children? Can it just be that? Please, please, please. And thank you. Um, thank you, Ryan. Again, uh, you're welcome on any time. You are just a wealth of information and uh, I would love to have you back on. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time and the platform.